Welcome to Portal to Ascension Radio podcast, coming at you live and direct from the center of the galaxy, the black hole in the center of the Milky Way galaxy, fractalizing into all of creation, manifesting onto this planet as these radio frequencies and electronic signals that you're now receiving as a download. So welcome all to Portal to Ascension Radio. I am your host, Neil Gore, founder of Portal to Ascension, and you are a part of one of our projects and intentions to expand on the information that is shared on Portal to Ascension. Please do check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms at Portal to Ascension. You can find me at I underscore am underscore residence on Instagram. Follow me for my conscious poetry and updates on Portal to Ascension events. Today, we are joined with Sherry Wild, who is a contactee, experiencer, and has had interaction with multiple ET races. She's such an amazing woman and um, has been on the circuit for quite some time speaking about her experiences. So we're going to go right into the interview with Sherry Wild. And so nice deep breath in everybody as you wish <sighs> integrating and settling back into our bodies um, we're welcoming sherry wild to take another chapter of this amazing unfolding story on this planet and i've had the pleasure of interviewing sherry before on the harmonic convergence so i'm so grateful to see you again sherry <laughs> hello and sherry has just had really, really incredible um, stories to tell us and has been very deeply involved in the alien abduction subject. And she says it's an intriguing topic filled with lots of speculation and conjecture. And much of the analysis is being done by those who have never had a contact experience themselves and who can only form opinions based on what they hear and observe from the actual participant. And Sherry has had an overwhelming amount of physical contact with beings from an alternate reality and has worked her way through the layers of disbelief, fear, confusion, and ridicule. She has found support and answers in places she never expected and through that process began to remember the truth of who she is, as we are all doing these days in our own way. In this lecture today, she's going to highlight and intimate Hi, oh, sorry, the sentence is a little funny. In this lecture, she's going to share highlights and intimate details of that journey and talk about the difference between being an abductee and a volunteer. So, Sherry, thank you so much for being here. How do you want to begin the conversation today? Would you like to tell us a little bit more about your personal experiences so that we can get to know what you have been grappling with and what you have, have dealt with in your, um, in your experience on this subject? Sure. Uh, we, I, I think um, I mean, we had a great conversation before when we connected on yes. that other platform, and it was fantastic. We could have talked for hours, so I enjoyed having this discussion with you. Wonderful. I, so I guess, um, I mean, I will just start talking about it. You can interject and ask questions, I think, um, represent for those who are watching. My experiences have been lifelong. They started from the time I was very little. Um, an infant, actually, I have memories of popping out of my body as, a, as an infant mm. and standing by the crib and, and standing with the being, the entity that I know as Da, D-A, I call him Da. And um, he's kind of giving me a hard time about, about um, was I pretty happy now? Was I happy with my decision to have come here now that I was discovering how confining it was to be in that little body? So I have, I always had that memory and I could never make sense of it until after I awakened to my contact experiences. I woke up to the fact that I was an abductee, and I don't like that word, but we'll use that word for now, um, in about 1989 when we had a UFO flap in my community, which is a lot of, lot of UFO sightings from a lot of different places, a lot of different people reported having seen the UFOs in the sky. And the Center for UFO Studies came in and did an investigation. Very and similar to what Lynn was talking about with Phoenix Lights then. Right, right. When there's a, when there's a lot of UFOs showing up in the sky, when there's not just one sighting, but a lot of them being seen, there's usually, according to Don Schmidt, who was the investigator on my case, he told me there's usually 
usually there's a person or there's a there's a group of people there that they are interested in in in, in um, picking up and spending a fair amount of time with, and that's how they ended up finding me. And so there were others who had encounters during that period of time. There were a lot of reports, but um, I had them coming to my house a couple times a week during this period of time, and it went on for about a year and a half, as best I can figure it out. It's not always clear because they do, um, you know, block your memory and you're not always aware of what's going on. And when but, you say they were coming to your house, some people might not have the full picture of what that actually means. The ETs? The, the ETs were actually physically showing up in their... Yeah, body. yeah. Yeah, they were coming. Yep, they were coming um, to to take me. They would come during the day sometimes. I would have missing time during the day. They would come during the night. They came pretty much every Friday night, which was really strange. But it's like they knew that my husband was going to be gone because he worked. He had a business that required that he be that he work, stay at the at the office, stay doing what he had to do until two or three in the morning. Sometimes they always came on a Friday night. Um, it was pretty much uh, intolerable almost because then I also had military showing up. They, I had the black helicopters over my house mm. and I had some mill lab experiences during that time too, which in contrast to the genuine ETs picking me up, the mill labs had a distinct kind of a circus feel to it. They were not as polished. They were not as um, smooth. They were a rough ride compared to the ET abductions. And for those who don't know what MILAB is, basically, is that a military operation picking you up and abducting you for their own purposes? Right, right. They came and picked me up. It was during that period of time, it was an interesting period of time because I wasn't, I mean, I didn't know how to cope with it. It all happened so fast, the whole thing. I went from being a very skeptical person who had no interest. I didn't even want to hear about the, the sightings that they were having in the area. I had no interest in that. And um, to go from there to find out that you're being, oh, I don't like the word targeted, but I was being um, singled out. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know how to cope with it. I didn't know what to make of it. I, I couldn't wrap my mind around such a, such a thing. I hadn't read anything about it. I didn't know. I didn't know that stuff happened. I I knew a little bit. I'd heard something about Betty and Barney Hill, but I never looked into it very much. My dad was always kind of interested in that stuff, but I was not. So it was extremely traumatizing for me. Um, you probably marriage, didn't have anyone that you could really talk to about it at that point. I I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. Even actually, Don Schmidt, who. Um, was doing the investigation, he was so thorough and so, and I'm glad that he was. I'm really grateful that I had him. He was very, very thorough and careful in his investigation of me. And during the time he was investigating me, which was over a year, he didn't want me talking to anybody. He didn't want me reading anything about abductions or anything. He didn't want me contaminated. So I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. I, and But I did have this group. It was a group that was meeting every week uh, to meditate. And they had in their group, they had a person who channeled and she had channeled and gotten the message that there was going to be this person from the community who was going to need support and that the person was having contact with the extraterrestrials and, and would need help getting through this. And so when the rumor went through my small town, it's just a little village that I live in. And when the rumor went around town that, you know, that Sherry Wilde was having this stuff happening, um, they reached out to me. And I'm so grateful they did. Um, and this is with Don, the person Don? Or is that uh, something different? No, Don was the investigator from the Center for UFO Studies. This other group was a meditation group. They, they weren't affiliated with a UFO group or anything. They were just a group of people, spiritual people who want to get together every week to meditate. They invited me into their group. And, and I uh, when I first um, heard from him, I said no, but then I heard myself change. I, I said no, but then I, I changed my mind and I said, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do it. I, and I don't, to this day, I'm not sure why I did that. Might've been some influence, outside influence, but I, I went to the group and 
it just felt safe there. It was the only place I ever felt safe. I didn't feel safe in my own home. My husband left me. The chaos of having the all of the abductions, all of the stuff happening, it was crazy. The lights flickering on and off, the the kid, my daughters seeing the ETs out on the lawn, the the ships coming, the helicopters. I mean, it was just <laughs> people in the town talking. I mean, it was just I mean, it was really crazy. And so um, my kids were being asked about it. You know, they were wait, you know, they would wake up and they, you know, the ETs would be bending over the bed looking at them. You know, my daughter, she'd wake up and they were like four inches from her face. I mean, it's frightening. She would see them sitting out. One was sitting out on, in the chair in the living room. Um, they both noticed the distortions in the, in the house when we would have these visits, the house would be huge. You know, it would be all out of proportion. So, you know, it was, it was real stuff that they were experiencing. And um, my one daughter with her friends one day, they had something happen where the house got really big like that. And I'm not sure what alarmed them to it, but they all kind of blanked out. And when they came to, they all had frost on their eyelashes and on their eyebrows and they had missing time and so there was all kinds of that weird stuff going on i talked to don about it and he said that he had that he'd seen that before so it's, the big house the house getting big some kind of interdimensional yeah blocks where the field the energy field of the house became modified because of the energy field of those beings being in that space you know i'm not sure what it is i know when i go on the ships you know when they pick me up with the little scout ship, the ship will be like 20 feet in diameter, but you go up and you up the, up the ramp and you go into it. And it's like, it look, it's a lot bigger and it's a lot taller than it looks like from the outside. When you're going to go onto it, it looks like you would be stooped over and it'd be really cramped in there. It'd be like the size. I mean, it looks hmm. 20 feet in diameter, but once you're inside, it's, it's a lot, lot bigger, a lot taller. Whoa. And so the same thing was happening with the house. So, I don't know what that is, honestly, but that's how it all started. And, um, oh, it's been a wild ride. It's been a crazy, crazy life um, since then. And how long, how long has it been since those occurrences were taking place or when they started? That, that, flat, that flat for me, that um, period of intense activity was in 1990. But I had, I mean, I've had contact through my whole life. And I consider myself a volunteer. That's the label that I use for myself uh, based on Dolores Cannon's. Uh, in my book, I called myself a participant in a program because that's the way I saw it from that perspective. I, I As I wrote the book, I woke up to the fact that I had volunteered to come here to assist the planet during this time of ascension. So that's the role that I'm playing. That's the role many, many star seeds and volunteers are playing. So that's why I'm here. And because my question to them at that time was when I was writing the book, they insisted I write the book. I said no, but they took over and made me write the book. I ended up writing the book. Um, and my question to them was why, because as I wrote the book, as it was being given to me and coming through me, all these, all these memories came back of all these times I had been with them. And it was ridiculous. It's, it's like I have more time with them. I'm on the ship more than I'm here on the planet. And I had always in my life before I woke up to my experiences, I had always had a feeling, I always knew that there was something going on. And I, th I thought maybe everybody had that, but I, it's like I knew that I had another life. And I thought, is it a past life? What am I remembering? What is it? Why do I feel like last night something big happened? Why do I feel like, you know, I did something and I should remember that, that that's more important than this life I'm living like as a teenager. It was a lot during my teenage years because I was going every night during that time. So it's like a bleed through. And so when you're going at night, I think there's probably a lot of people who have what kind of seem like dreams, but they're these strange dreams that feel like way more, like that really wasn't just a normal dream. I feel like I actually did that is that the kind of thing that you're speaking of it is it's it's like a memory it is like a memory you have it but it, but it doesn't you're not sure if it's real and it's bits and pieces and it doesn't make sense because it doesn't fit in 
to your world and to what's happening in your day-to-day -day life. But my day-to-day -day life for my entire life was never, it never felt like the priority life. I felt like I had another life that was a priority life, if, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. but I couldn't tap into it. So when I was writing the book, I was sharing some of those experiences in the book of you know the fragmented memories I had. They filled in the pieces a little bit, but I was easily communicating with them during that time. And I asked them, why did I spend so much time with you? Why have I been with you so much? Why, why are you coming and getting me all the time? Most people have one or two abductions. Why have I had one or two a week or three or four a week? Why so much in my life? And they said it was because I was on this mission. I had come in to do work, a specific job on the planet. And that before I came here, I had agreed to this. I, I volunteered to be part of the hybrid program, which meant that they were going to be coming in a lot. But also, um, I told them that I didn't want them. This is the part that when they told me this, I thought, yeah, that sounds like me. Because what I said to them was, don't leave me alone for very long. Don't let me forget who I am. Stay in contact with me so I don't get lost in the illusion. Mm -hmm. I had observed the earth a lot, and I had seen other people go, you know, other souls go onto the planet as volunteers or star seeds, and you get lost in the illusion. And you get trapped in that cycle and what, what used to be going on on the planet with, this, with the recycling of the souls, which is now coming to an end. But hmm. back, you know, when I came out of the planet, that was still in play and I did not want to get trapped here. So I told them, stay in constant contact with me. So that's what they've done. So. Oh my gosh. Now this they, this group of ETs um, seem to have felt quite a bit of prerogative over you and your life because of this agreement that you made, like they would just come in and they would take you and they would right. make you write things. And, you know, so do you feel like, what do you feel towards them? Do you feel love and acceptance? And do you know who they are? And are you now happy with all that that happened? Or how is it, how has it landed with you and integrated since those times? I like that question because not many people ask that question, but it shows that you understand how challenging my life has been. Um, and I don't mean that, you know, like poor me. I just mean you, you get, you're taking it seriously, what I'm saying. You're not just taking it as a story. It's my life and it's real that I have lived this. And the way I feel about the guys, um, I have a love-hate relationship with them, kind of. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm snotty to them. I'm defiant to them. Um, when they told me to write the book, I said, that sounds like a good thing to do. I'll do it. But then I thought about it and I said, you know, that's going to blow my life up and I'll never be able to re resurrect my business. I'll never be taken seriously. Um, all the respect that I had earned from my career would be gone. I'd be ridiculed. Um, so I said, no. And they said, but it's time. It is time. And I said, I'm not going to write the book. I'm not going to write the damn book. And they took over my body. I came awake one, came to one morning down in Arizona and I was writing the book. And I said, I'm not writing. I told you I'm not writing the book. And they said, it is time. And I said, it is not time. I'm, I said, I'm not writing the book. I'm not writing the book. But then I got intrigued about what I what was written. I want to see, because I saw it was on page three. They'd written three pages already. I started to read it, and it grabbed me, and it intrigued me. And so I thought, well, I'm going to be able to find out the answers to what's happened in my life. I'm going to be able to get the answers to, as to what this has all been about. So I, so I did agree to write the book but I didn't agree to publish it. Well, then what do they do? They send in Archangel Gabriel, and which really surprised me because I wasn't sure, I had heard about Archangels, but I wasn't sure I believed in them. Just like I didn't believe, I'm skeptical on everything. It proved to me everything, you know? And so I have that kind of a relationship with them where I don't take the orders easily. I have compared myself to a character in Westworld that, that series, which I've only watched three of three episodes. I couldn't watch any more of it because it upset me too much. It was hitting home too much. I, there was a, one episode I saw where they froze everybody. I don't know if you know what show that is, but that's Westworld. It's, it's a, looks like it'd be a good show, but they, the people in it are programmed and they just, they don't have any free will. Mm. And that's how my life feels. Now I know that I agreed to, 
take on this mission and I know I agreed to, to I laid out a life for myself that was very set, very much a, a roadmap for my life. And there's no, not much deviation in it, if any at all, uh, not at all. And so I don't feel like I have free will. They control everything. They control where I live. They control all my relationships. They really, everything is controlled. And, but it's, it's actually my higher self, I think, that is actually calling those shots. But it's still, sometimes it feels like it's, it's out of my control here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. that's what the yeah. hit that I got too is, is, is that your higher source consciousness that's operating because of yeah. what you decided before and for, for whatever reason, you just set it up so that you would be more guided than most people who right. Right. <laughs> fight against it or say no or things like that. Yeah, to, the, to them, the most important thing it has been the book. They wanted me to get the book out because the book leads to the movie. And that's what they've been harping on. Even when they told me to write the book, they told me to write it because it would be made into a movie. And that's what they, that's what they want. They're very focused on that. And I'm not even, I, I can't even die. I'm not allowed to die until that movie comes out. Well, it's not going to be a movie now. Now they're working on an eight part miniseries. Okay. And so everything is about that miniseries now. Yeah. And until that comes out, you know, I can, you know, I can go outside in a lightning storm and I don't have to worry. I, mean, I, I can drive with my eyes closed and my hands off the wheel and put it on autopilot, you know, put the car. Kind of like Groundhog Day, right? <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to, because they're going to, they don't, I'm not allowed to die. They told me that straight up. So that's how much they control my life. And so um, it's interesting. Who are they? I mean, do we know, do we have any sense of identity? Do you feel like they're your relatives are they higher dimensional aspect of yourself in the future are they like who do you feel that they are that would give us some navigating sense of and what do you feel when you're with them i feel i have to say i feel at home when i'm with them i love being with them i feel safe i feel like i'm with family i never want to leave when i'm with them um yeah da the one I call Da is like another aspect of me, or, I mean, there's a very a closeness there. He's an etheric being, but he does wear a, um, what he calls a Zeta suit when he comes into our world, which he's not done for a long time now. I don't think he's coming back during this time of the ascension. He's not coming in. Um, he, they are unconditional. They don't judge you. There's no, there's no, judgment there's unconditional love and acceptance so yeah i feel safe when i'm with them and i love being with them i i do believe there's a connection there i believe that we've worked together for a long long time doing these kinds of missions it feels very familiar to me um to be doing what i'm doing at now at especially at this time when the planet is being cleared of the darkness and the um humanity is waking up finally finally waking up in large numbers so it feels like it's something that I've done many times before and it feels very familiar not that I know what's going to happen I mean every every planet I think in every society has their own way about going about it and planet earth with the humans that are here you know they have written their own script and it's going to be fascinating to see how it goes as, as this ascension continues to uh, unfold I'm very excited about it. So I'm hoping to be able to stick around for, to see most of it. You mentioned something earlier about the dark, oh, the reincarnation loop being removed from the planet. So you're saying that they have informed you or you've seen that that reincarnation loop is no longer in place and, and does not operate any longer? Well, you can, of course, you can still come on back onto the planet but it's not a trap anymore. It was before it was a trap um, to recycle the souls and keep them here because the natural order of things is that when you would die, your soul would go and you'd have an option of if you want to go onto a different plane, a different, you could go anywhere you want. I mean, you're a free soul. You can do and experience whatever you like, but that was the way it was set up here is that you were, you were kind of um, steered and more or less forced, or for, you were taught to believe that you had to come back. 
horse and tricked, I heard like that they would yeah. come guilt trip you. It's like, oh, look what you did. You've got to go correct. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that whole thing of learning, having to correct, you know, the karma, the wheel of karma. So that whole karma thing, that's a, that's a, was a, the trap that they had you on. And, you know, the whole, it's a mess. I mean, this planet really experienced a lot of darkness. I don't, people don't know how dark and how controlled it was by Luciferian energy because they don't have any comparison for it. They don't know how beautiful it should have been and how great it should have been. I mean, they don't understand the trap that they were in. They believed that because they thought they were free. They honestly, the, most of the people on the planet believe that they were born onto a planet and they considered themselves free. And that's not the case at all. And, but they don't realize that at this point yet. And so you're speaking of the, that control agenda being somewhat in arrears in the past. So, and I've heard others mm -hmm. talk about the fact that, you know, there's remnants of the human ancestors of those beings who were controlling, who were extra dimensional or what have you. And that it's just sort of playing itself out with the negativity of those lineages that were have been used by that force for so long. Does that make sense, or did I say something? Does, does that? No, I think I, I can see that. I I think it's it's you know it's all about energy. I see everything as energy, and it's all about the energy on the planet. And then we we manifest this reality, the illusion of the of the reality that we're experiencing, and so. It's a planet of duality. The souls on this planet wanted to have separation. They wanted to experience separation. So given the free will that they had, they were allowed to do that. And it's just that the darkness overtook much more than you'd like to see. But in spite of that, in spite of so much darkness and in spite of so much uh, control and um, control on every level from the time you're born, you know, onto this planet. The humans have this amazing spirit about them to where they they just have this amazing ability to find the good in everything. And I know that that's not always obvious, especially if you watch TV and, and you listen to the news media and all that, or even on social media. But it's actually true, the, the typical human being, we're all created of love. We come from the creator and we are love. And so, that's exemplified in every soul that you meet on the planet to some extent or the other. You know, some let it shine a little more than others. Others, it's harder to find in, but the human earth soul. May I interrupt you for just one moment? And I apologize. Do you hear that ringing sound? And is it coming from your space or? Here it no. Goes. Okay, wherever that was, <laughs> it's now gone. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so, so mm -hmm, continue. Um, where was I? So, so anyway, um, I don't know where I was. I totally, I was trying to figure out where the ringing sound was coming from. So I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm lost. But it's a good thing. Yeah. So where we're at right now on planet Earth is very good. We're looking, the humans are, what we're looking at now is all of the things that need to be dissolved and dealt with. So we have to, part of the ascension process is to look at the shadow side of ourselves and to look at what we've allowed to have happen on the planet. You know, all the stuff that's going to be coming out and made public about the satanic rituals and all the, it's going to come out. It's got to come out how it's been really a world ruled by Satan, ruled by Lucifer. That's what's going to come out. Um, and that there have been those in control, those in power, and those that we trusted, those that we admired and looked up to, those people had a dark agenda. and. The humans are innocent in their um, naiveness, you know, and they're they're very um, they're very naive to that because they don't look for that. They don't look. Most humans on the planet are so busy just wanting, you know, the distractions because that's the way the system was set up. Distracted by having to take care of your family and and make the money and keep your shelter, keep your home and all that so they don't have time to analyze and look at all that and that's the way that was done purposefully to keep them from having time to go within and discern what's really true about the world they live in and what's really true about who they are so it's been it's been a challenge for humans on the planet to wake up and there's going to be some things coming out that probably are going to shock them but that will cause them 
to question everything. And that's what we need to have happen. They need to start questioning everything. And do you feel that, um, did, did, your, did your ET friends that visit you, are they speaking to you about these things as well? I mean, are they confirming these things or where is your knowledge of that, which I'm also aware of and many others are aware of coming from? That's a, a good question. Um, my guys, when they've talked to me lately, it's been mostly about remembering that love is all that matters. Mm -hmm. That's what the focus is on right now is that love matters. Um, they do get into the matters on earth. That's on a different realm, but I deal with that with them. On, and it's, that's more like of a remembering. So stuff resonates with me when I see it or hear it. And it's like, it's like, oh, where did I hear that before? Or how is it that I already knew that? So I know stuff sometimes before it happens. I don't know how that is to tell you the truth. And that's okay. I don't need, I don't need, you know, I don't need to complicate my life any more than it is. So I don't want to be one of those people who's, I don't want to have people coming to me asking me what my guys are saying, because I just don't want to go there. You know, I don't want sure. to go there, but yeah. Um, there are things, I mean, I think a lot of the, the, the souls that came onto the planet from higher dimensions, we come in with an awareness that is a little bit more heightened than the native earth humans, souls who have been recycled a lot and have been beaten down and conditioned and brainwashed and, and all that from through so many lifetimes. I, I come on from for the first time and I don't have that. And so I'm able to be a little more discerning. I'm able to, I mean, I, I am in some ways, but in other ways I was also, but I'm also very naive about being a human. I'm not very good at being a human. Um, you know, I tried my best and I tried, but I'm not very good at it. So that's also a strange thing. So now, now you feel like to that. <laughs> yeah, I know you can. I remember people like my boyfriend at 16, he was like, I'm confused about you. On the one level, you have absolutely no common worldly sense whatsoever. And then these things come out of your mouth that blow my mind. Who are you? <laughs> that's good. So that's what, that's the kind of stuff I would get. It's like, you're so naive and innocent. Or my dad would say, why do you trust everybody you meet? Why don't you have to learn to be more discerning? You know, take off those pink rose colored glasses, you know, but then on the other hand, yeah, I would, you know, then you'd come out with things that, that, you don't even know how you know, you know, but you just know. Anyway. Some yeah. people were asking, there's two main questions here. The whole Luciferian thing, like who are they? Where did they come from? And I know that that's a really old, long story. Um, but if you can quickly sum that up, that might be useful in your own words for people here. Well, I, I use Luciferian to, to describe the darkness the evil that's on the planet. And it's interesting because um, for the longest time, I didn't believe in evil. I knew that evil, um, I believed evil only existed if you acknowledged it. I was one of those people. And um, that's, I've ch had to change my mind about that. So the darkness that's on the planet I believe, I do believe in Lucifer. I do believe there is actually, just as there is a creator, there is, and there has to be because this planet has the two polarities of positive and negative. And so you have to have someone playing the, the dark and someone playing the light. And that's the game that's being being played out here on this, on this realm. So you do have Luciferian, which is darkness. That's, it's been the Luciferian energy that's been, um, the controllers of the planet tap into. It's why we have all the, the, the children um, being um, disappearing and all of the, that we've been hearing about the rescuing of the children and what that's all about is, and all the, all that that's going to come out about that. All the organizational crime on levels that are unfathomable. Yeah, it's just the happening on the planet. Yeah. And those who wanted to, you know, to, to um, destroy the planet or destroy humanity, you know, kill off, you know, Agenda 21, 
I mean, who, who comes up with something like Agenda 2021? Who wants to kill off 80 to 90% of the population? That's very dark energy. That's Luciferian to me. I agree. Um, yeah, sacrificing. You a population on how to eventually come into harmony with a lower population from a higher consciousness vantage point. But yeah. a lot of that higher consciousness has been suppressed by those very beings who, who yeah. want to rape, pillage, and kill off people. So it doesn't, it's like, okay, if you want to plan it with a lower population, fine. Let's work that out together consciously as humanity. Right. 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 That's what, you know, but you got right to the heart of what it's all about. The ascension is about because the game has gone on and it has been a game. And we have to always remember that it's a game between um, evil and light or good and dark, whatever you want to call it. It's a game that we all chose to play when we came here. It's what we wanted to experience. So we set up the game and we're playing the game. Now it's time for it to end. It went on long enough and we're moving into now unity consciousness. Those of those souls who are ready to do that are moving into it. Those who are not, that's fine. They will continue to play their game of duality on another planet because this planet is going into unity consciousness in the fifth dimension. So I think remembering it's a game and that it's all about energy and that what we're seeing playing out there in front of us, I don't want to say it's not real. Certainly those children or anybody who's been victimized and all that, but you can't truly be a victim. You agreed to play the game and you agreed to take on that role, to play the role of a victim or to play the role of the perpetrator. The bad guys deserve our love and our compassion just as much as any, anybody does because they took on a tough role, you know, and um, some of them got lost in it. And as a result of that, they are, you know, are going to be lost for a while. And they, they went too far is what I heard you sort of indicate and what others have said. And, you know, really they, they were hired to do this job, I guess you could say, but it really went way too far. And so the experience of suffering, regardless of how we created it consciously or subconsciously, knowing or unknowing, it is a real experience. It's not like that wasn't a real experience. And there's a lot of healing that has to happen after those kinds of traumas for souls. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's very challenging um to look at all that's happening and all the darkness and all the the i mean everybody right now out there is feeling like they're a victim to a certain extent because of everything that's playing out but we have to understand that this is our shadow side humanity's shadow side is coming up to be looked at so we can heal it heal it it's like anybody out there who's gone through their awakening they've gone through the dark night of the soul well humanity the collective is going through the dark night of the soul now so if you remember what it was like when you went through the dark night of the soul, all the gnashing of the teeth and the laying on the floor and the cursing of God and, and the law, you're just so lost during that period of time. That's where humanity, the collective is right now, in my opinion. They're going through the dark night of the soul. But when you come out the other end, there's clarity and you're awake and you understand who you are now and you know what this was all about and you see it for what it was and you, and you survived it and you, and you realize it, it's just, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It's just all things you wanted to experience to get to where you need to be so that you can go back to the, to, you we're working our way back to God. We're working our way back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Back so, to that pure love and that joy, which more and more, I think many of us are experiencing, even though, and despite, and alongside of all the chaos going on, we're, we're going up here above the, the yeah. pole of reality. And we're, we're rising above, we're ascending, transcending, and remembering that we are beings of love and we are beings of joy, here to bring that great joy to all that we meet. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so well, the, the frequency is so, the frequency is high, is so high on the planet right now. <laughs> and you, even in the midst of all the COVID stuff and all the, the games they're playing with us to try to keep us in fear, you can still tap in, you can choose to tap into that frequency and you can experience joy within yourself. You can still go outside and, and commune with nature and, and find that joy. So you can, it's our job as awake and aware people to hold that frequency as, as much as we possibly can and to not buy into the fear. The whole, that whole Corona thing, I, I mean, I never bought into any of that. I mean, I haven't even spent a second thinking about it and I haven't. Even, <laughs> 
I haven't put on a mask yet, which is going to anger some people, the people, the mask, <laughs> but I still have not put on a mask and I am not going to do it. I mean, it just to me that the ma putting, wearing a mask is part of a satanic ritual. That's what that's all about. It is giving up your sovereignty. It is saying, I agree to become invisible. I agree to be controlled when you put on the mask. Right. And if people would realize that, but I know people still believe that the virus has the power to kill them. And, and, and I know that it's a real virus. I'm not saying it's not a virus, it's a cold. So if you're, if you're not in good health, the cold can, can kill you. So I'm gonna cause some real waves right there now that I said that because and I know- on that note, <laughs> actually, we do have to transition to the panel, but yes, that is a whole other fascinating conversation that is, I'm very passionate about, and I do um, look forward to reconnecting with you soon I and know. continuing the conversation. And um, Sherry, remind us again, um, where is the best place that people can find out more about what you're doing and when you get your book and your movie when it comes oh, out? Yeah, um, my, the best place is through my blog, um, theforgottenpromise.net, theforgottenpromise.net. The forgotten promise yes yeah. very good well once again wonderful absolutely wonderful to speak with you thank you so yeah. much for coming on and, and being so open and willing to share such sensitive things i really really i think uh everybody from what i've seen on the chat just loves and appreciates you so much and oh so, that's nice i didn't get to read i'm sorry i couldn't read while i, I would lose my yeah chat. well we'll say i'll save the chat here and hopefully get so you can see okay thank you i'll let you get to your panel okay right. blessings here thank you so much bye-bye Thank you, Sherry. Please do check her out online and go to her website as well. Now, as um, promised yesterday, I'm going to continue with my spoken word album acapella. This is Planet Earth by MC Resonance myself. Find me on Instagram, I underscore am underscore resonance. And this is track two on my Planet Earth spoken word album. Love you all. See you guys later. spoken word piece is called astral travel astral travel and it's basically myself taking on the perspective of incarnating onto this world and the journey that that would entail if the void the black hole in the center of our galaxy is the void in which all matter comes from but originally exists in the void as nothingness as ether like the black hole in the center of our galaxy is that a portal into the void the collective void in which all things come from so here's my journey from that void to earth astral travel astral travel astral travel astral travel vibrating high out of the center of the galaxy rematerialize etheric energy dropping in density increasing in complexity to the ends of the spiral I shall go Planets foam all around, I see a water world in the system of soul. My soul speculate in this illusion of spacesuit made of skin. Into a polarized reality of duality, oneness, and sin. Carbon base will join the crystalline children. I slowly descend through the ozone. We'll be born soon, so I enter a womb. Birth cycle almost ends. You see, I rode the unity wave into this dimension. A fabricated fallacy. I forgot when time became linear. Masculine-based society suppressing her. Feminine energy creating stargates and other etheric tools going through the wormhole, spinning around like a whirlpool hitter overrule. The external in this earth school. From my eyes, I finally lifted the wool. I reincarnated onto this planet November 17th, 1982.